Today on the No City on the Sideline Down podcast, my conversation with Dr. Colleen Mullen. She's a marriage and family therapist and also the host of the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. We talk about ways to find your way through divorce and the crazy chaos that comes with it. Next on the podcast, let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. My name is Joe Foley. I'm a dad, parent, a busy adult like you, trying to make my way through this world. And I really want to thank you for being here. I know this dad, parents, stuff's not easy. Believe me, I know. So you just spending time listening means a lot to me. And this is your first time? I'll give you a virtual handshake. Welcome. <laughs> this is a podcast about having a conversation, what it means to be us. And, it, and also a journey of discovery. There'll be topics related to what help us to be a productive person, better parent, better you or me. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sense of community. What I was thinking, a sense of community, what I mean by that is have a conversation what we're talking about in the Facebook group or in the comments of the show notes or reach out to me or reach out to some of my guests that leave mess, their emails and stuff and have a conversation. You know, because we're all going through issues. Especially if you're going through divorce or, you know, financial issues or relationship issues. Reach out. Have a conversation with people. Ask questions because you never know that can actually make may be able to help you. Because I know this stuff is not easy. I believe me. I, I understand. I'm not an expert. I'm just a dad on a journey of discovery just like you. I was wondering, before we jump into the interview, jump, I was wondering if you can help me out. Take a minute and go over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. If you feel inclined, leave a review, honest review. Because you know all, all reviews help improve the podcast. Next up, my conversation with Dr. Colleen Mullen, marriage and family therapist. Dr. Mullen is also the host of the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. We also, she's also a co-host on another podcast called Shrink to Shrink. It's about, they go, they break down the movies, the point of view of a therapist, but different kind of movies like popular ones that come out. We talk about the craziness when you're going through the divorce, and she shares some helpful, useful information to get you through the divorce process. So let's jump right into the interview. Today on the podcast, my guest, Dr. Colleen Mullen. She's a marriage and family therapist and the host of Coaching Through Chaos podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Colleen. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thank you for being here. And one thing, I, I guess um, we, we were just talked about pre-show and everything like that is but the warm weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got, I, I, this morning was minus 10 as of the day we're recording. And then you were 70. What? It's going to be 70 something. The other day it was definitely 80 something when everybody was snowed over. And I was telling you I'm a New Yorker and, uh, you know, in the past and lots of friends were chiming in about how just unbearably cold it was and pipes freezing and things like that. And I'm like, well, that doesn't happen in San Diego. <laughs> I'm a, I gotta be honest. I'm a little jealous. So maybe I will be, I'll be totally honest with that. Um, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> The reason, the one thing I want to talk about today is something that you were, um, um, 
I can say an expert about is is um the st- staying staying through divorce. Um, there's something that uh, seems like it'd be divorce. I'm not sure, but it seems like it's a a common thing nowadays. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, divorce is common and, you know, it is, they, this, by the numbers, they say it's, it's leveling off as far as, you know, um, how many divorces are happening, but there are different circumstances that can cause divorce to happen, you know, in more likely of a case, but, um, you know, in any case, um, you know, you can't find, I, I think if you went to any elementary school now and you surveyed the kids, probably the majority of the kids are going to have parents that at some point are going to be divorced, um, you know, or have remarried and they're living in a blended family. What is, what is um, some of the situations, uh, uh, what is, like, people come to you to see, uh, you know, post-divorce and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What are things they, like, they talk about? What are the things, questions they, and things they're going through? Right. One of the, one of my favorite things to work on with people when they're either like going through the divorce or just coming out of it and they're starting to look at like, what's the next chapter of my life going to look like? What's my romantic life going to look like? We talk about, well, how to let's explore the past and figure out what are the patterns that you got yourself into so that you can recognize it. So the same thing doesn't happen again in the future, you know, so you're at least aware of what you were doing that, you know, you're part of why the relationship went wrong in the past because to people are always in it. Even if you have someone who's out having an affair, the person at home played into why that relationship was not doing well, you know, so was doing so poorly that someone else stepped out. Yeah. Well, something that some typical people go through, I mean, I've heard too about divorce and stuff like that is the grieving process. What is, yes. what is like the, the steps of the grieving process? Um, what are those like? Right. So um, we do know through research that the end of a relationship is the same, is like a death of a a person. It's really a death that we go through. So there really is um, the grieving process and the steps in the grieving process. And this is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the model for grief is the five stages of, of loss is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And it doesn't happen in that way. Like you don't go, Oh my God, I can't believe they're gone to getting really mad to like going, gosh, I wish they could come back. I would do this if they would come back and then to being really sad and then to go, Oh, I guess it's okay. And I get it and I'll move on. It doesn't happen that way. Um, you can one day be, you know, in a sad place of depression. Um, the next week you might be in like, wow, I can't believe that our relationship got this bad. Maybe we should try and work it out. Um, another week be like, I get it. This is just how it's going to be. Let's talk about custody and just move on. Um, it's a cycle that kind of, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, not really a cycle. It goes up and down and around and it's a process. Just like if you've ever lost um, lost a loved one, you know, grief doesn't like have a start and an end. Uh, and there will be things that even after, cause I know you were talking that you'd gotten through divorce recently and I've been divorced. Um, you know, there will still be things in your future, maybe five years from now, you might be in, an, in another relationship. It might be serious, but maybe you walk into a restaurant and all of a sudden the scent there like reminds you of like maybe the best date you ever had with your ex-wife. And you might just have a sense of being sad and not recognize what's happening. And that might just be that. It doesn't mean that you want to get back with her or anything else after all that time. It just is like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, that's a memory. And it's part of part of my past now. 
and I just, you know, you integrate it. So that's kind of how grief works. And and I should also say on the grief part too, it's not just the per- the two people who are getting uh, divorced that are going through the grieving process. And even if one person is like dead set on like that they want the divorce, it's over. And the other person is the one feeling left behind. Um, it is, they're both going through their own grief when it happens. And then you've got, if there's kids in the house, the kids are going through a grieving process too. So keep in mind that the emotional reactivity among everybody in that family, it can be very unstable at that time. You've also might have very involved in-laws that are grieving because they really loved, you know, the person you're divorcing and, you know, they, they don't want to accept it. So there's a lot there. Well, interesting. You talked about, um, thing I was interested in the video, it's about about isolation. Sometimes people go through divorce, and then I, in my experience too, is the sense of isolation. Like nobody understands what you're going through. Um, you sit at home going, woe is me, and, <laughs> and, 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 the wall, and the four walls are closing in. I mean, I don't know if you ever, some that you ever talked about with other people. We want people to um, uh, definitely not isolate. Like it's okay to take a couple of days to yourself, you know, but when you start realizing that like maybe like every week that you're going through your job and you're going Monday through Friday and coming home and Friday through through Monday morning, you're not doing anything and you're staying home. Maybe you're not even showering because you just don't care and you're not getting up and whatever. Like you're too isolated. You know, my advice to people a lot of that, those times is to just call up a friend that you haven't seen in a while. And instead of cu- going and like dumping about all of your stuff, because that's the reason a lot of people isolate, is they don't want to keep talking about it over and over. Like call up your friend, say, let's go to lunch. And when they say, how are you doing? And they go all, you know, oh my gosh, how's it going? You say, I'm all right. I'm getting through it. But I really wanted to find out how your life was. And you focus on their life. And people always enjoy talking about themselves when you give them an audience. So it can be easy to turn that dynamic around. Right, that's, it's an interesting way of thinking about it, too, and, and find other hobbies, like other outlets and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I have a podcast. So we just uh, hey, divorce, I got a podcast. So yeah, it works out for me, I guess. Um, it's, 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 um, right, you're definitely not isolating because we're just talking about how like the greatest part of podcasting is all the interaction with all these people that you normally wouldn't meet. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely that. And it's all an interesting thing too about is um, you know, the kids, the kids involved too, and, and telling the kids, and that can be a, a tough process because I remember having to tell my son he he's four, or well, yeah. he was three, he's going to be four, but um, and even though that age, it's still hard. It's still hard to do. Yes. I don't know if you have any advice on the parents, maybe how to explain yeah. to kids, because I think they underestimate them sometimes. That's right. That's right. So what I always advise people to do is we know that it's better for you to tell the truth. It doesn't mean that you tell the grown-up truth to your three- or four-year-old, right, or even to your 10-year-old, or even to your 15-year-old. You still treat them as if they're kids, no matter how mature you think they are, but you tell them age-appropriate truths. Mommy and daddy don't get along, and we've decided to live separately. And sometimes that happens. And then you also want to back it up with, but mommy and daddy love you, and that doesn't change that we are always your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you want to also um, discuss the changes that are going to happen uh, and you don't want to miss, you don't want to sugarcoat things. You know, mommy's going to live in one house, daddy's going to live in the other. And the little kids kind of often have fun with the two houses. It's when you get like a 10 year old, certainly a, a 
a teenager, a tween or a teenager, they don't like the moving back and forth. So you can't sugarcoat it because they know that their lives are going to change. So you can't say nothing's going to change. Your life is going to be the same because it absolutely will not. They will be packing a bag and moving back and forth. And even if parents set the kids up with their own clothes and their own stuff in each house, they still have their own personal things that they need to carry back and forth every weekend. Um, so discuss the changes in real terms. You know, this may be difficult for us for a little while. There's going to be an adjustment period. But how you talk to the little one is you just say, mommy's going to live in this house. Daddy's going to live in this house. And you're going to have your own room. And you can help decorate it. That's always a good thing. Helping the kid pick out some colors. What color do you want it to be? You know, three or four-year-old, do you want like Ninja Turtles or whatever you want, you know? And, um, uh, you know, and, and tell them about the changes, especially kids that are older, tell them about the changes before they have to ask about it. Kids don't like feeling left in the dark. And when you've got 10-year-olds, well, about like 10-year-olds and over that are, you know, 10-year-olds that are mature or kids that are older than that, with parents going through divorce, they they will more likely, if they feel like they're left in the dark, they'll snoop around. They'll try to listen to phone conversations, like overhear things. If you're in the kitchen talking and you think they're upstairs in their bedroom, they'll be out in the hallway listening, trying to hear what's going on because they feel like you're not telling the truth. So tell them about the things before they have to ask or suspect or suspect that you might not be telling them the whole truth. And and then also know the limits. And when they say, well, how come you guys are getting divorced? You know, and you say, well, you know, you know, we were arguing, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We just haven't been able to work it out. We tried to get help and it didn't help us. Um, we just couldn't work. You know, we just couldn't make it work out. When they say, is this because dad was mean? Or is this because mom, is mom seeing somebody you say, you know what, all of that stuff is the grown-up stuff and you don't need to be part of that. You know, we will tell you what you need to know about it as you need to know it, but let us sort out the adult stuff. We want you to focus on your life. We want this to be as easy as possible and you don't need to have all the details about the grown-up stuff that happens behind closed doors. And you can even say like a teenager and say, it's just like, you know, you get some privacy about what happens with your best friends, right? You get to tell us some of the drama, but you don't want to tell us all of it. And it's just like that between mom and dad. So, and then you want to avoid blaming because you definitely want to keep, um, you know, you want to keep your kid respecting you. This isn't about like, you don't want to blame the other person to make them look bad because in the end, the kid will almost always lose respect for the one who is doing the bad mouthing you know, because they will feel helpless to it. They want to help the parent. They also want to love the parent that is that is being played out to be the bad guy. And um, when, a, when one parent puts them in the middle by bad-mouthing the other parent, they end up kind of resenting the one who's doing the bad-mouthing. And, and then they have like mixed loyalties because kids always want to love both parents, even if now, and I worked with foster kids for a decade and these kids watched a lot of domestic violence. These kids have been abused by a lot of parents and no matter what kids, when given the choice, will always want to live with both parents in the house, no matter how bad the situation was. They just want their family together. So avoid blaming because that just makes makes your kid question like how they're supposed to love both of you and you want them to love both parents in order for them to grow up most you know in the most healthy way i had an interesting question is um something after after post-divorce i mean is there anything like family counseling for like code parenting counseling like that is there something like that out there 
oh yeah, there's actually people who specialize in co-parenting. And, um, and if people are going through the divorce process, there are, um, mediation services that can help. And, um, I, and I can't think of the name of the, but I'll find a link for it for your show notes. Um, but there's a type of therapy that people practice that helps them divorce easy, more easily. So um, I usually get my, my role with couples usually is they've been fighting for a lot of years or they've had very little, you know, connection to each other for many years. And they're trying to do like a last ditch effort to save the relationship. And so, um, so I'm working on like rekindling a relationship that both people still want to save, but there are definitely people who seek out counseling when they know that it's done and they have kids or they have a lot of assets that they want to divide fairly and they don't want to rip each other to shreds. So they come in and, and to do that type of counseling, but then you do have people who specialize in co-parenting. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, and as far as family counseling on that end, um, it's if you've had a stressful relationship like that, the kids have witnessed the stress of it. Uh, it can be a good idea to at least bring your kid to a couple of counseling sessions, not necessarily with the parent in the room, but just to have a safe you know, um, place for them to talk and talk about how they're really feeling and let the therapist kind of assess if the kid could benefit from some counseling or not. Um, but this is, you know, on a case by case basis. But like I said, if there's been a lot of stress in the household, um, or if there's been a lot of drama around the splits or a lot of hurt, a lot of crying, that kind of stuff, it's probably a good idea to bring them in and, uh, let the, let them have a safe place to talk about how they're feeling so that they can get it out and have a better understanding from someone who's unbiased and there to just really look out for the kid's best interest. Is there any age, like age appropriate? I mean, like, um, what's like, when do you just bring a kid to a council to get them assessed? What would be the age appropriation? Like, well, well, that's, that's interesting. Cause like I have a friend who specializes in kids zero to five and in a million years, I wouldn't know what to do with those kids, but he specializes even in counseling infants, but that is about parent role playing a lot of that. Right. So, um, but he can assess from the behavior of the, the baby, what's going on for, and so, and where the distress lies. So there are people that specialize in all ages of kids and no kid is really too young. What you don't want to do is make it, um, something that seems like that they're having a problem that they need to talk about, right? Um, especially if it's the parent's problem that is dividing the family, right? It's never the kid's fault. Um, so, uh, any age is fine, uh, but you want to also seek out um, usually a marriage and family therapist because we're trained in the family dynamics. Um, so marriage and family specialist who specializes in kids like under 10 or kids, you know, or teenagers, you know, um, so that they can have someone who would have more likely a better connection with the kid, knows how to connect with that age of kid, knows what appropriate therapy is, and really knows when a kid really needs some help and when they don't. Because a lot of times, stuff that teenagers go through, it's pretty standard stuff, but parents, when they have high expectations or they're going through their own drama and their own chaos and the divorce, they see the kid acting like, you know, start rebelling and doing some things that are normal teenage behaviors. They get all up in arms and they think, oh my gosh, I'm really like, I'm wrecking my kid. And they bring the kid in and, you know, and the kid's sometimes just going through the normal, the normal motions of exploring their own, you know, 
emerging adulthood. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. It's something that interests me. And I know it goes through divorce. People go through divorce and they talk about that and stuff like that. Another thing about self-care, self-care through and through a divorce, something that was interesting to me too. I don't know if you want to talk a little about that. Right. So I do think it's really important for yourself because whether your kid needs counseling or not, I think everybody going through divorce should seek out counseling at least for a little while. Um, you know, because even if you think you've got your mind made up and you're moving forward and you your marriage has been dead for a long time, um, it can be a really good time to, like I said, explore what went on that you maybe stayed in a dead relationship for a long time or what happened that you married someone that turned out to, you know, like you were all gung ho and how did the relationship get from here to there where you just, you know, need to divorce um, and move on. So you want to look at exploring your own stuff through counseling, but um, staying, staying engaged with your friends is a good thing. Taking care of yourself, like, um, you know, putting in some exercise routine because that will also help you with, um, your, um, you know, your state of mind, you know, kind of keeps you calm, uh, educate yourself. You want to educate yourself about the process of divorce. And there are organizations around the country. I know I was connected to one called second Saturday for a while and, um, where they have, um, these workshops that people can go to for like $25 on a Saturday morning where you get a lawyer, you get a therapist, you get a financial advisor, you get a real estate person, and then a question to answer. But everybody does a presentation on what their role usually is in a divorce and what you can expect through the process. And even if you went just to catch what the attorney has to say, like that's, that's a thousand dollar consult. You just didn't have to sit through, you know, and you just got the information for 25 bucks. So, I mean, like there are organizations out there, um, look for divorce workshops in your area. Um, but getting that, getting that education helps you manage your emotions, right? Because when you know what to expect, it's not so scary, right? Yeah. When you go into divorce, I mean, I mean, my experience when I, my first time in a mediation session and your emotions run really high because you don't know what to expect. And you, in normal person, I'm normally pretty evenly keeled and, and don't get angry about it like that. But wow, that can bring it bring it right out of you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the people we're closest with are the ones that most deeply trigger us and are you know are are most hurt, wounded spots emotionally. And so when you're going through the divorce process with someone you loved and we're going to spend your life with and you made a baby with, you know, and all of a sudden they're talking about, hey, you have that retirement account and you have the house and this, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotions that come up when you think that they're just out to get you. And really everybody's just trying to like probably move forward fairly. So Understand what you're facing so that you can manage your emotions, which is then going to make it easier for you to disengage from your role in the marital relationship, right? Because you then have to, in your case, and in many people's cases, you have to put on the role of the co-parent. And you have to be able to see this person and pleasantly interact with them in front of your kid. Even if you don't have any real words that you're saying between them, you have to be able to say, hey, how's it going? Here's their plan for the weekend, or here's their food, or here's what happened over the week, the things that you should know. You have to be able to do those things in a pleasant way because that will trickle down to your kid's emotional state of mind. So getting that, getting that um, knowledge helps you manage your emotions so you can do all of that. It's also good as far as self-care goes. 
to seek out maybe not just divorce workshops, but like find support groups for people going through divorce. And this could be through a meetup. There's a lot of social meetups that are for divorce, divorcing people. Um, and on that end, it's because, you know, your friends can be good support, but we also don't want to overbear, overburden our friends with it, right? Because yeah. if you've really got it bad and if you're the one that's like sitting in the corner crying over this, your friends are probably getting a lot of a lot of sad phone calls and they can feel like, oh gosh, do I have to call Joe again? Like he's just going to go down that path, right? And so, you know, divorce support groups or even social clubs that are focused around people that are going through a divorce or just other people, it's like like going to AA meeting because you want to because you want some support with not drinking anymore. Like you want some support with people who have been there, done that, or going through it, and understand what you're feeling in the moment. You know, and everybody has a different experience. Some are more painful than others, but you know, divorce is divorce, and it's painful, and we know that there's you know an emotional process that we're going through. So it's great to have other people that understand that. So well, it's interesting. Another thing too is uh, post divorce dating. When is it too soon to date? Haha, <laughs> that's a good question. So, um, you know, I want to say it all depends. You know, we truly have people who have been in. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to talk about kids, people with kids, and people without kids separately. Okay, um, but people have. There are some people that have truly been in dead relationships that you know, maybe the minute they get, they become available, they really have an idea of what they want and they go out there and they start dating and they're looking for something and they are ready for an actual healthy relationship. I would encourage that person to go through some counseling though too, right? Because we don't want, we don't want them to bump into the same emotional stuff. But, um, but most of the time it's good for people to take at least a few months to a year to yourself to figure things out. Now, when I said I was going to separate about like having, you know, people who have kids too, you definitely dating when you have kids is a, is a, is a, can be tricky. And, um, oftentimes people who have kids are, are better paired up with other people who have kids, but then you have two sets of kids that eventually you'll be introducing to each other. Um, and it will be tempting when you're in the throes of like the fun part of a new relationship in the first six months or whatever to go, oh my gosh, well, this would be great. So and so has a soccer game. Let's bring all the kids. That could be a fun way for them to meet. And you guys might be ready for it, but the kids might not. And now the kids, the kids will want, will, if, if everything has been gone like nice and clean and somewhat friendly between you and your ex, the kids often just want their parents to be happy, you know, and they will have understood that mom and dad aren't happy and that's why they got the divorce. So when dad starts dating, they're going to want to know, you know, they're going to want dad to be happy. And, the, and your kids may even encourage you. If you've got teenagers, they might even encourage you and be like, oh, it's time for you to go out and find a girl, dad. But you also have to think about that. They will, when I say that, that they'll want you to be happy, they'll also want to really like whoever you like. And that is why it can be a problem if you introduce them too soon. Because, you know, you don't want them to get attached to somebody and six months later have, have it be done because the two, parent, the two adults, you know, just it was a new relationship. It just showed that it didn't work. So I really tell people like nine to 12 months, you should be dating somebody before you even think of introducing the kids. Um, and, 
you know, people sometimes have a hard time with that, right? Like we just came through Christmas season and I had a good handful of clients going, you know, well, I just, I introduced, I, or I, I invited the kids over and told them so-and-so would be there and let them make the choice to come over. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, don't give the kids the choice. When you are ready to say, this is a relationship I am serious about, meaning between the two adults, you've, you know, gone through a bit of a little bit of ups and downs. You've adjusted into what the dating thing looks like. You've had your first argument and seen how you argue. You um, have talked about what your lives you want them to look like. You have similar values because just on a side note, more than similar interests, similar values is what allows people to have healthier relationships. So when you guys have gone through all that and it's like nine to 12 months, then you say, okay, kids, I want to tell you about someone who's been in my life. You know, I've been dating and I want to talk to you about so-and-so. And you tell them about that person. And then you say, I, it would mean a lot to me if I could have you all meet out for lunch one day. We all go to lunch next Saturday or something, you know, and you set them up. You don't just say, hey, Julie's going to come to lunch with us on Saturday. And they're going to be like, what? You know, they, <laughs> so so you've got to you got to keep in mind like everybody's frame of mind and everybody's emotional availability in the situation. It can seem like it'd be a little bit complicated, a complication to get set up, but I mean it's a process. It's everything. I mean, going through this is a process. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I guess it's a good transition. Uh, I was curious about coaching through chaos podcast. How did that mm-hmm. come about? Okay, well that um, I. Um, that came about on a whim. Actually, I was, I thought I was trying to pitch a radio show, um, to, uh, answering an ad that I saw for an idea for a radio show. And so I pitched it and came back to me uh, a couple months later, a Bloomberg radio station in Houston said, well, actually we're launching a podcast network and we want you, we want you to be the first person to like all these people answered. And it was kind of a contest and we want you. We want to give you an opportunity to launch this podcast on our uh, network, and you can be part of Bloomberg Radio and all this stuff. And I was like, "Oh, okay, great!" And it was literally the beginning of May, and um, they said, "Yeah, but you have to launch by June 1st. And I was like, "Oh!" And meanwhile, it's this big interview show. I was gonna. I said I was gonna interview authors and experts and on psychology and life management to you know help people navigate the chaos in their life and. All of a sudden, I panicked, and I was like, and I called my, I was away for a weekend, and I was married at the time. My husband had some tech ability, and I called him, and I said, I said, hey, I said, can you do some, like, audio editing? Do you think you can handle that? And he said, yeah. And so I said, okay, because I'm going to launch a podcast in three weeks. And then, (laughs) so I really, um, so I was, I was quite, you know, kind of a person who works well under the gun. So um, a week later, I started realizing like what I had signed on for. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have any guests. What am I going to do? I literally went on Amazon and started soliciting authors on Amazon that had interesting books that I liked. And a couple of them were like New York Times bestsellers that actually, they said, yes, I didn't even have a show. So for all the podcasters out there listening, you know, we think that a lot of times people are like, oh, what, what numbers do you pull? What are you offering me? I said, I'm a therapist and this is my interest in doing this show. I think your book could be helpful to the potential audience. Would you mind doing the interview? 
you never know who's going to say yes. So that, so before the show launched June 1st, I actually kicked out 12 interviews in one week. I took a week off of my day job and, um, and, and just lined up interview after interview. I'd never used any audio equipment before. I went to like a guitar center and said, what should I use? And they told me about the Zoom recorders. And so so I did that. And I launched. And we did weekly for a while. And that was a lot of work, especially when it's, you know, as you know, it's guest oriented. You know, it's guest focused. Um, so, but... Yeah, so we did weekly for a while and we did 24 episodes in the first season. Then we did a second season and they went to like bi-monthly. And then, then you know, uh, I ended up in my own divorce. And um, so <laughs> I am now, uh, we did three seasons, like we'll say two and a half seasons. But now I'm actually like revamping the show, just a little bit tweaking it and getting a new audio engineer. I've got everything lined up. I'm expecting to relaunch officially in March. Um, but there are 50 episodes of the show and we've covered topics um, ranging from addiction, codependency, um, tough relationships, uh, parenting, uh, financial compatibility between couples, uh, how to stay intimate, how to date your partner. Um, and then I also weave in, um, I was weaving in uh, episodes for, because um, I just want to help the population um, for our um, uh, first responders and um, veterans. And so I would feature organizations that were designed to help them and their families. And then part of like the experts now on life that I'm talking to are people that have overcome tremendous obstacles in their life. Um, one of my favorite episodes is now with a person who has turned out to be a great friend to me. Um, it's a guy named Matt Schobert. And the episode that I would, I would have people listen to is called Fire and Iron. Mm-hmm. And, um, or I think it's fire and Iron Man, maybe, and it's in season one on the coaching through chaos page, or if you're on iTunes, you'll just look for that episode. And Matt was a form was a fire chief here in San Diego and an Iron Man finisher in 2014 and, um, had a freak accident on the job and half of his face, his jaw, like I pulled off of his face with a rock oh, wow. and, and he had to he had to save himself. He actually had to drive himself from this empty field to the fire department. And they say the only reason why he's alive is because of his physical strength and ability and the adrenaline that was going on, but the physical strength that he had from the Ironman competition the year before, um, that he was still this conditioned athlete. Um, so he was able to get himself there, but he's had several several um operations over the years and his face is all patched up. Like when I met him, I wouldn't have known that he had had such a traumatic accident. But what's happened now is that now he's a former fire chief because he cannot work because of the post-traumatic stress that he suffers from and the traumatic brain injury that he has. But he now is like the voice of or trying to be the voice of advocating for first responders, getting them aware of the signs of post-traumatic stress because he realizes now that he has it, you know, was forced to kind of look at his symptoms. He realizes that he and probably many of the people that he's worked with over the years have had it, you know, for years from other incidents that were much more like, I would say, I wouldn't say mild because they're jumping into fires every day and saving people's lives. But 
so not so personally traumatizing with the physical injury that he had. So that is, um, so it's stories like that, that are just tremendous. And so I like to feature people who really have kind of gotten a handle on like what this new side of their life looks like and how they can help their strength can help teach others how to overcome their problems. So that is what coaching through chaos is all about. (laughs) It's very interesting. It's very interesting about that firefighter too, and um, the, with the post traumatic um, and the brain injury, and that's a interesting story. And then um, I'll maybe sure have a link in the palm, the show notes for the podcast. Make sure to link back Absolutely. to the website. And um, I'll definitely listen to that because I listen to most of your episodes. And after I found I found you do that video on um, the divorce, I'm like, oh, I'll check you out. And and yeah. I'm very interested. In a lot of the um, the one of the interests me the most was the the codependency that the woman from the codependency. You had her on twice, I think. Yes, because she also wrote a book on narcissism, and so she's very she's very good. And yes, that's a that's that particular episode on codependency. A lot of people come to me for therapy, and they'll say, "Oh, I listened to that episode a couple of times and really connected with it." Uh, when they come for you know difficult relationship stuff, or if they've been involved with someone who has alcoholism or something. Um, and I would like to also tell you about Shrink to Shrink. I don't know that you know about the Shrink to Shrink podcast. Yeah, I do. Actually, I do know about that one, and I, have, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I did subscribe. <laughs> okay, cool. So. So that one, it, I co-host with another therapist who also has another podcast, um, and uh, it's Shrink to Shrink, and we take one movie a month and break it apart by scene, then we play the scenes, and we psychobabble about the relationship and the psycho- psychological aspect of those themes, but we talk about it in real-life terms. So we say we're teaching people about the psychology of life through movies, and people seem to like that one. We have a lot of fun with that one. We definitely like joke about our own lives and kind of throw ourselves under the bus a lot of times in that one, and, and we come from different perspectives because my co-host, Courtney, he's been married like 25 years and has a couple of kids and I just got divorced and I'm dating. So we like to kind of, you know, kind of relay our different perspectives on things too, while we bring in real life research and facts about, about the themes that we're talking about. I think, I think you did one on Rocky. Was it Rocky or Paul? Yeah. I haven't, the, I haven't, um, I yeah. Whatever the most recent Rocky movie. Oh, Creed. That's Creed, what it yeah, was called. Yeah. 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 Now this month, just today launches, um, we're in January. The January movie was Gerald's Game, which is the Stephen King movie where the couple's trying to rekindle their love life by getting handcuffed to the bed in a... um, uh, in a remote guest house that they went to and the husband dies on top of the woman um, having a heart attack and she's handcuffed to the bed. So there's a lot of uh, odd, well, not odd themes, but there's um, there's past abuse, there's emotional triggers, there's, you know, how to rekindle your love life. So we cover a lot of uh, aspects of relationships in that particular movie. <laughs> That's going to be interesting to listen to. I mean, I, <laughs> it was actually quite fun to talk about. <laughs> well, I, I guess a transition into final thoughts, final thoughts, anything you can leave with mom and leave with us or. Yes. Um, one thing that I would like, that I always like to tell people, especially when I present on divorce is that divorcing does not hurt your kids. And I want, because a lot of times, I don't know, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the late 40 range and I grew up in the seventies as a little kid in the eighties as a teenager. And 
you know, we grew up with like all this stuff about like, cause, cause divorce was just getting into, it's like the, the prime of the high divorce rate, right? In the eighties, it got really high. And I think it was like 67% of people were getting divorced and we were being told, or parents were being told that, you know, um, kids of divorced parents were like high school dropouts, were more likely to be drug addicts, didn't go to college, you know, didn't, you know, ended up higher rates in jail. Like none of that is true. We know now through current research that it's not about the actual act of the divorce. It is about how the parents interact and talk about the divorce. If you can make this experience pleasant and workable, like you don't have to be best friends with your ex, but you do have to act pleasant and not talk back badly about them in front of your kids in order to keep your kids healthy, right? You don't cause damage by doing things that allow you both to live healthier lives, right? If mommy and daddy are going to be happier living separately and maybe have the chance of like healthier love with someone else, that's a great thing for a kid, right? Because then they're loved by more people. They are, you know, feel um, they feel comforted. They have two sets of parents to go and, and to get advice from. That can be a fabulous thing. But if it is dragging each other through the mud, if it's bad mouthing each other, if it's, you know, straining loyalties on your kid and making them emotionally pick from one to the other, then you're going to have kids. And I'm not going to say your kid's going to be high school dropout or a drug addict, but you're going to have kids that that will grow up learning that that is the model for a relationship and that is not what you want. So know that if you're staying in your marriage because you think it's better for your kids, but you really cannot stand, there's too much, there's a lot of tension or you're not talking to your partner or you just, you, you don't feel trust or you know that there's been betrayal and you haven't been able to fix it or the other person doesn't want to fix it. That's not doing your kids any favor. You have to do what is healthiest for you, which will then trickle down to healthy for your kids. So uh, that's that's my final thought on that. <laughs> where, where else? Where they can connect? Where they can find you on in the in on the web? Sure. So um, my website is coachingthroughchaos.com and I definitely welcome people to come and either follow me or friend me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Colleen Mullen. I do uh, every Tuesday and that's how you found me, Joe, was every Tuesday I do uh, a video uh, trying to help people uh, give them a couple of tips on navigating the chaos in their life. And I do that video at 3.30 uh, PM Pacific time every Tuesday. And it's short. It's usually about 15, 15 minutes or so. And it's fun for interacting, giving out some tips. And, um, and then I'm also on Twitter, uh, at Dr. Colleen Mullen, definitely interact with people on Twitter all the time. So it's fun. So, uh, what I'd love for people to do is if you check out and listen to the coaching through chaos podcast, very much like if they're going to listen to your show and you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review, um, and, uh, let everybody know what you think of the show. I will share all the links in the show notes and I'll share the, the link to your podcast and on Apple iTunes. I got to make sure I'd say it right. Not the other way. I get myself, I get messed up once when I'm saying iTunes and I get, uh, that's not the right way to say it. But I'll make sure. Oh, we have to say Apple iTunes. Apple, <laughs> Apple, Apple, Apple podcast. I'm sorry. I said it wrong again. See, <laughs> I'll make sure I'll edit that out. But okay. I, I, I really want to thank you, Dr. Colleen Mullen, for being on the podcast today. And uh, I hope you have a, a great rest of your Sunday in the warm weather in San Diego. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, that's all I have this episode. So thank you for joining me in the No City on the Sideline Tab podcast. And I want to thank Dr. Colleen Mullen for being a guest on the show. You can find more about her and her podcast over coachingthroughchaos.com or head over to Apple Podcast app or the podcast app of your choice. 
You can find out more about her and the things we're talking about in the show notes at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 46. Please comment on the show. Everything helps to improve it. Reach out, leave a comment. I'd like to hear from you too. You can find all my show notes and your social media links at nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Please sign up for the newsletter. Yes, the newsletter. And, leave, and so I can send in stuff, cool stuff. If I find out like updates on the uh, upcoming interviews or anything cool that would relate to the podcast. Divorce can be hard. It can mentally be mentally challenging. Believe me, I've last year, I've been pushed to the edge many times. But you know what? You're not alone. Reach out. Seek a therapist. Seek your friend. Seek somebody who will listen. Because you know what? Sometimes that's all we need. Because you know, also too, our kids need us. People need us. And we're, you know, you got to hang in there. Because you know, it's worth it. Really worth it. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Thank you.